Hey, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jarrett Fuller, and this is a podcast about music packaging and branding. Today's guest is Willow Perone, who maybe at first glance doesn't seem like the usual Scratching the Surface guest, but as you'll see, he is somebody whose work I've been interested in for a while now. Willow is a designer, creative director, and partner at Perone Rottinger, an LA-based design studio that works across branding, interiors, books, and live performance. Over the last few years, Willow has made a name for himself, working with artists like Kanye West and Jay-Z, St. Vincent and Drake and Rihanna on their live performances, stage sets, and packaging and advertising. But he's also designed retail spaces for brands like Adidas and Yeezy, and he got his start designing the retail spaces for American Apparel back in the early 2000s. I wanted to have Willow on the show to talk about this intersection of branding and live performance. It struck me that these worlds we're increasingly overlapping. These artists are brands themselves now, and brands are increasingly moving into these theatrical style retail spaces. This is something I've written about uh, and was curious what Willow takes from each side and how they are coming together. This, of course, leads to all sorts of other conversations about the problems with the term creative director, the value of being multidisciplinary, and his own self-education in design growing up in Montreal. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. If you like this show, I hope you consider supporting it on Patreon. We offer three monthly tiers, $3 for students, $5 for patrons, and $10 for superfans that give you access to all sorts of bonus content like monthly newsletters, early episodes, transcripts, and exclusive interviews, all while helping to financially support this show. So if you like scratching the surface, if you want to see it continue, I hope you consider joining us on Patreon. You can visit patreon.com slash surface podcast for all the details and to help support the show. Thanks, as always, for listening, and enjoy this conversation with Willow Perone. I actually want to start this conversation kind of defining some terms, actually. Uh, you are often defined kind of publicly in interviews and profiles. And when you're written about, you're defined as a creative director. I've never actually heard you refer to yourself as a creative director that I could find. Um, how, what do you call, how do you define your work or how do you describe your work? Does creative director feel like the right descriptor for you? No, I really, <laughs> I really struggle with that term. I, I think as a descriptor, it, it it's actually super accurate, hmm. but I think that the term has been co-opted so much that I, I tend to sort of shudder at even like that. Um, I, I just feel like, I don't, you know, it's like if you have a single, uh, you know, design practice at all, you're kind of a creative director now. So like photographer, creative director, choreographer, creative director. Like, so I, I kind of like revert to designer, director, because you actually have to have like a real skill to be a designer. You can't, <laughs> you can't just have like pointed at stuff that you like. And director is really, you know, we're, we're you know, I'm a storyteller and I, and I build worlds and, I, you know, I get different disciplines to kind of all work together to build one bigger story. And I think that that's what a director's job is. So that kind of tends to be what I default to. At least that's what I put on the visa application. 
Yeah, I mean, and that that's it's a little more specific than creative director, which your answer exactly set up what my next question was going to be, because this term creative director has just kind of invaded every discipline. It's, you know, everybody refers to themselves as a creative director, regardless of kind of, you know, the field that you're in, whether it's design or not, which, you know, beside the point, but even, you know, we see, you know, kind of Instagram uh, influencers, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in, in a negative way, referring to themselves as creative directors, or that their work is in some way creative direction. And I was curious, how you felt about or if you had thoughts on this term, kind of becoming this catch-all for anything that is multidisciplinary or anything that is kind of public and branded and narrative in some way. Do you have thoughts on that? It's interesting because it's like, if you look at a lot of these careers that are now coveted, you know, being a chef, being a designer, these were all things that weren't sexy when most of us got into it. Right. And they were kind of marginal. So it, it became kind of the sexy gig. It's like everybody was a fashion designer, you know, five, eight years ago. And now everybody's a creative director. And it it's just, I, I tend to sort of like stay away from titles and even within our, our studio, we don't really kind of hand out titles for, for exactly that reason. You know, I think that these are things that should be like bespoke to you or like that you would like earn. But I think that people are just like, I'm a, I'm a creative director as like this sort of badge. It feels really weird to me. Like it feels anybody can sing, but you can't call yourself a singer until you can kind of do it properly. You know what I mean? I mean, but does, is there, I, I, I don't disagree with you, um, but in kind of thinking about that, maybe, maybe like removing the title, I'm struggling to kind of articulate my, articulate my question, but I think you're onto something interesting here where social media and, and, and this kind of rise of personal branding and all of that has made these ideas, like you're talking about, of, of being a designer or being a creative director or something, something that everybody is doing whether they realize it or not. And some people are, are then kind of calling themselves that, but everybody is kind of, you know, branding themselves in some way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so even if you don't, um, even if you haven't earned it, you're, you're engaging in it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, it, it was something that like quickly became something that I didn't want to be attached to. Yeah. Really? Well, well, let me let me ask you this then, though, because you did say that you you typically refer to yourself as a designer, and I'm not. I I know you just said that you try to avoid titles, and so I'm not trying to label you uh, in any way at all. But you identify a little bit more with that term designer, and that that you got into design when it was not sexy, when it was not what it is now. Where where did your relationship to the word designer or can you talk a little bit about when you realized that all this stuff you were doing and we don't have to kind of go through your whole background but you were making flyers and kind of doing you know skateboards and like stuff that we now think of as as design when did that word design become something that you felt like hey this is actually all the stuff that i'm doing and interested in um hmm. i think that you know I was always um, kind of curious by this. I think that like the two things I was really curious about young was, was cooking and food 
and design. Mm. Not even like art, but like design, design. Like I, I remember uh, my one of my aunts was actually a painter. Would give me and my brother like letter set books for Christmas, like that are just oh, wow. like wow books of fonts. They're like pre-computer. They would they were basically catalogs of fonts, and I just remember I would like read these things. Like I would just like look at these things all the time, and there was like a, like a local fashion designer uh, where I grew up that that had kind of a storefront and he had like his, his workshop in the back. And I was like, you know, preteen and I would just like go bother him all the time and just <laughs> like watch him work. And, you know, and it would just like illustrate like clothes and houses and, and, you know, all these things like I, I can go back to, to drawings from, from being like eight years old. And there's like, sneakers and like building collections and like working on like type you know different typography and so that's always been really really present and my i have a a slightly older brother who is constantly buying you know used books about architecture and this and this was like when people were kind of like throwing away you know mid-century stuff and Mm -hmm. And my brother like somehow like take taken to to sort of like Miss Vanderbilt and and Montreal it it had kind of this boom in the '60s and early '70s that uh, a lot of like great architects and designers came into the city and built stuff. So we we had kind of all this stuff kind of just lying around that people weren't even using anymore and just like all this like furniture. My brother would just like buy like original, uh, you know, Herman Miller, like Eames pieces for like $5 off the back of a truck. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, And a lot of like vintage guys, like even like New York city vintage guys, like going picking in Montreal was like the easiest thing in the world. It was like, (laughs) there there was tons of it. Um, so that kind of was like very much our conversations going into kind of our teenage years. And then I was, I just had like a fascination with like culture and kind of like getting to the bottom of, of everything and, and the source material of everything. Um, so, you know, music and all the stuff that I was into, like music and skateboarding and like all that stuff, I would just like, keep going further and further to source material and then eventually started making stuff and right. not really as a designer, but more as like an, like a entrepreneur. Like I would like throw club nights and organize them and like decorate mm-hmm. them, design the flyer and like da da da. And like, and then like same with like, we started making like t-shirts and like small clothing lines. And, and these were they were more a means to an end. Like there wasn't all the stuff that I would see in magazines and all these things that seemed really interesting. They didn't exist where I was. So I just started making things because we didn't have, so there was just sort of like this localized equivalent of it was kind of, kind of my beginning of my design career was just like, we don't have this type of clothes here. 
like streetwear didn't exist. So it's like, let's make it. Yeah. We didn't have, you know, there wasn't like hip hop nights or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was just like, let's just do it. It's so interesting because, I mean, I'm a little bit younger than you and I, and, and we grew up in, in completely different, different areas, but I was the same way where I was like very interested in design. I didn't know that word when I was a kid, but I loved type like what I now know as typography and just like going to the store with my parents and just looking at all the signage and being like why does that a look different than than that a like what's what is that and my parents didn't have an aunt they didn't know you know what what I was talking about and drawing buildings and making my own t-shirts it was you know it was exactly exactly the same um I'm I'm curious though you are completely self-educated in this you never actually studied any design is that right yeah so can you can you tell me kind of how you because that's kind of like where our our childhoods diverge I guess is because then I just like never wanted to leave school and just like kept going back to study this stuff more how did you how did you start to kind of like I don't know build a a framework of understanding what all this stuff was and how you were thinking about it what uh, you know what where did you go you you like you were getting these architecture books you were seeing the stuff your brother was kind of buying you were obviously producing it but where did you start to kind of get references and 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 kind of that that historical um kind of context for all of this I think that again it's like it, it, I my approach was really came came from like sort of an entrepreneurial side mm. it was like developing things and you know even when we used to do like early club flyers and stuff like that like I would go see a graphic designer or like friends of mine that had like knew how to use kind of like illustrative photoshop and had a computer and I would just like sit with them and they they were basically my my arms and, and technique and i think a lot of it is like kind of copying at the beginning like yeah you know when we when we started making clothes it was like you know we're looking at at california streetwear and and what was going on in like sort of new york club wear and mm. and just like you're mimicking it in a way you know you're, do, you're just doing a a sort of like your version of it but the very, very close in tone to what exists which I actually really recommend to people is like, if you like something, it's like try and replicate it exactly. Cause then you'll understand like what it is about the proportions and the scale and the weight of everything that you like. And it explains a lot. Like it's sort of like by trying to rebuild something that you, that you look at with admiration, uh, when you rebuilt it, you kind of understand what the guts of it are and why you admire it. So I think that that's a lot of like my start was really kind of going at it from a, an entrepreneurial side. And also, you know, my community at the time, like my brother included, were like, they went and studied. Mm. So, <laughs> so he, he just he, just like osmosis yeah so it was like you know the first retail space that we did was with my brother when he was still in school mm. um, and you know the, we just had like a handful of friends that were like you know one of our friends went to to art school and studied graphic design and it was like we would kind of refer to him and right you know, so it's like right. that's how I learned was just by like 
okay, I'm going to create us jobs, you know, and in the meantime, like, let's figure out how to like design and build these things, you know? Mm -hmm. Did you, I I have one other question about that. And then I I have a kind of bigger question because you keep coming back to that. You were seeing this as kind of entrepreneurial and, and, and all your friends and kind of the, the people you're hanging out with were, maybe studying design or studying art, going to art school, you know, kind of, kind of knew how to do this. And this goes back to what you were saying earlier about design for you was kind of this means to an end. When did you start to think, you know, I, I could actually like do this as a job. You know what I mean? Like, I don't just have to be the one who's like setting up the ways to make money, but I can actually make all this stuff too. You know what I mean? Probably like two, three weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds right. I mean, you know, it's it's funny. It's it's like a thing where, you know, the first part I think of the design, like design as work as career to me, mm-hmm. was like every time you get to do something, you felt lucky. Right. And it was like, oh, I get to design this thing. I get to design that thing. Even if it was shitty things that you didn't care about. And so you're you're sort of reacting. You know, you're you're kind of and you're compromising and reacting. And I and I know that this is like it's different for everybody. Like some people like start with absolutely no compromise and then kind of like maybe eventually realize that they have to or or they don't. And um, I never really had like a, a like a, an ideal aesthetic. Like I didn't think yeah. of it as like a single single note. I was more interested in everything. And to kind of answer your question about like when it, it sort of takes form, I always did multiple things. Like I, I used to own some retail stores and right did other things that were kind of like entrepreneurial and not up until maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago that I solely focus on design. I, I want to come back to what you were saying about kind of collaboration and not having an aesthetic, but to, to go back to your self-education and kind of this osmosis uh, uh, learning, what strikes me about you and, and what I really appreciate about how you talk about your work is, is that there is this sort of, uh, you are referencing designers from history. There's this kind of theoretical underpinning to how you talk about your work, regardless of the the client or the type of work. And this connects to what you're talking about with kind of being interested in everything. And I think that's a really important skill, not not to make this like career advice podcast, but that's a that's a very critical skill in, in being a designer, a creative person today is being able to kind of consume all sorts of media and content and images and visuals and film and things like that. And not just, you know, kind of see what is in the, the zeitgeist, but kind of figure out that underlying meaning, find how these things connect. And that's something that seems like something that you do really well. Can you talk about that kind of research process, that kind of consuming stuff that's happening and then filtering that through to make something new to find those new connections? Yeah. I, I mean, 
I'm inherently really curious and I, and I don't think I have like great boundaries. So I, I, <laughs> I tend to, I tend to, uh, I'm like, Oh, we need photos. Let's go shoot photos. Like I, I feel like, and not to undermine like everything we do, but the, the actual skill of like knowing the terminology and the technical nature of like, I don't know, building a stage or doing graphics or shooting photography. It's, you can learn the entire skill in like a very short period of time. And, and really what it is to make somebody a great designer or great artist or a great chef or whatever is like this sense of attention and like detail and kind of and having kind of a voice within that mm-hmm. like the actual technical part of it is is you know it's like being a great musician doesn't mean that you're playing an instrument you know it's like this is this is not the era that we're in anymore it's like you're emoting really well is what you're doing mm. that's exactly that's why i was asking because you know anybody can learn photoshop or illustrator or any of this software just through youtube videos you know very, very easily. But it seems like the skill is to be able to, and and everybody is doing this and everybody is producing images and, and kind of putting stuff out into the world. And the skill is to be able to kind of like sort through that in some way. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to avoid using the, the another buzzword, speaking of create, buzzwords in creative direction, curation, you know, this sense of being yeah. able to kind of sort through it all and make sense of it all, which is something that I think more than like what you're talking about more than just kind of going out and take figuring out how to take the photos or learning software it's that piece and i'm kind of curious how you do that (laughs) and and like like is that something that's just you're just kind of are you always looking at things and thinking about things Are, are there places that you look is every project have a kind of designated research phase where does how does that kind of manifest itself in your work in life i mean i love research and i and i love um, kind of knowing what's out there for the sake of trying to not reproduce other people's things and also for the sake of like trying to figure out how to like hybrid new ideas and, and, and right. figure out different functions. Um, and yeah, everything does have a research phase. I think that I'm really attentive. Like I think that everybody wants to speak of who they are and what they do and everything else like that. And and I think most of what a designer should be is just observe and not, mm. you know, and not talk about the work, mm. <laughs> you know, like, as you say, as you say, as we're 23 minutes into this conversation yeah. talking yeah. about work, but I, I also didn't talk about my work for the first yeah. 27 years of it, you know, it, yeah until I was like confident that I had something to say about work, you know, it's, um, and that's, you know, I, I think both me and my, my partner, Brian really didn't talk about work that much. Yeah. And he was like a professor and he comes from, you know, a much more academic background than I do, but, but yeah, it's sort of like the idea of kind of, observing and research and being like really precise about the sensitivity 
to who you're doing something for and what, where does it land and how does it talk to, to the audience and like, you know, how do people react to it? And, and I think that, you know, that's a big part of the success of my work is just like, it is like a fundamental sensitivity and kind of, uh, kind of antenna uh, radar antenna, whatever you want to call it, like receptor to information in that respect, like the subtlety that makes one subgenre completely different to another subgenre, but like to sort of like layman might seem like just one thing. I'm interested in that. Like I'm like legitimately curious and interested about this sort of like finite detail between those things. So when when I do do work, it 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 comes in with that in mind. It's not just a sort of like uh, cheap kind of like oh yeah, you guys are you know rappers. Rappers do this, you know. And right. it's like an episode of of you know Law and Order when they do a rapper. It's always like a guy with like, you know, yeah. a gold chain and like a, you know pair of Versace glasses and it's like okay you you missed the mark by about 25 years you know right right I mean that's it's exactly why I was asking you that question too and it goes back to your earlier comment about not really having an aesthetic or a style and and I think all of these things kind of fit together and it's all in that nuance that you're talking about and I think it shows it shows in in the work that you've that you've done and that you do and and maybe is a way to talk a little bit about about branding you in the studio you do a lot of kind of branding work and i've i'm kind of fascinated by the concept of branding <laughs> generally I've, I've worked in branding i've also written about branding more on the the kind of critical side but to me the, the evolution of the word branding is so fascinating and that that branding in many ways has become kind of the central metaphor of our time you know everything we think of everything as a brand mm-hmm. and and i'm I'm, I want to know kind of how you think about branding, because I think it's it goes back to what you're talking about, about these kind of um, the nuance and those kind of emotional resonances that that's actually kind of the key part of branding here. It's not just about that surface level, uh, you know, let's let's take some photos or do some illustrations or make like a nice word mark, but it's all these kind of like emotional pieces to it now. And how do you think about that um, in your work and in the studio? I I mean it's it's pretty much the same thing. It's you know who's the audience? Okay, what's the? How does the audience? You know how does the audience live? Or like what do they like? Or you know it's a kind of a study of the person, and it's like what would bring that person joy in a you know in an object, and and like. How does that fit in next to like the other things that bring them joy in their in their lives? And, and you know, what's the ethics behind a person that would you know buy this or support something? Or uh, and it it all goes kind of through the same filter as you know doing a pop show for me. It's like who, who's the person? Okay, so the person is the brand. Who's the person? What does that person represent? What's their like value system? Who's the audience? Who's the fan? Like what mm-hmm. did what did they want to see? How did they, you know, and you, you can kind of take all that apart and people will 
find the thing that you made. It's it doesn't even need to go, you know. It's sort of like the idea yeah. of marketing is antiquated because now we just are making things for. You don't have to sell things to people, like people exactly. Sell- Solid themselves, really. Yeah, you you knew exactly where I was <laughs> where I was going with that question because what what struck me in thinking about you and your work is that the the stage design, the set design, the the kind of pop shows, and the store design and retail design, kind of at this point, this is a little bit reductive, but are kind of the same thing. You're creating experiences, you're creating branded experiences. Some are for a person who is a performer. Some are for a product that are about, you know, just as much about selling an experience as they are selling a product. Is that, that's how you think about it also? Like those are just kind of two different contexts that are doing a kind of similar, similar action. Yeah. I, in a way I like hate the word selling just in that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the idea is to, is to like enchant people, you know, why do you, why do you go to a restaurant instead of instead of just like putting a frozen dinner in the microwave? It's like it's the experience that you're, you know, it's like it's the social, it's the it's the you know, it's like kind of like discovery. It's everything that goes around that. And, and I think that you know, money becomes like this really kind of bizarre thing when we're talking about like art and design. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that we all have to be sort of like practical and sort of like driven a little bit by that is, but, but I think that like the first thing always is, is more of an emotional response. It's not about like how many people can I get to line up at this cash register, you know, people are going to line up at a cash register if you do your job well. Is more like how I feel about it. Right, right. People are buying tickets for a show if the show is fucking good. Right. Know? Yeah. I mean, and that's what that, that's what I'm kind of was meant. I was not thinking necessarily like actually selling a product, actually, you know, money being exchanged, but more this idea of presenting an idea, selling an idea, um, and and so many of these direct to consumer brands that now have you know flagships in every major city it's just as much about the experience and and being kind of associated with that experience you go to that store to to feel something to to say that you went there just as much as buying a product sometimes you don't even buy the product you just want to go because you know it's the it's the cool brand and that to me seems very similar to to going to the pop show The, the the first kind of project of yours that I guess I was probably aware of, even if I wasn't consciously aware of it being you, was the American Apparel stores mm-hmm. um, in the early 2000s, which were, which to me are like a great example of that kind of, um, kind of deconstructing the flagship to be this, this kind of store that could live in all sorts of places. And, and it was also an experience and it was this kind of fully branded experience. And as a as a college student, when those stores were kind of at their height, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I, I loved going to the American apparel store to, to get a, a blank t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, you could buy a blank t-shirt anywhere, but yeah, that's the, that's the whole point. And it's also like subtleties too. It's like you, you can buy a blank t-shirt anywhere, but it doesn't quite fit right. Or it's not the right color or it's not like blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it was like totally you know, again, I hate this word too, but like totally curated, you know, it was, 
I like staffed most of the stores too. Like I would like go around and just like mm. meet, and I would just meet, you know, kids. I don't know kids, but like, you know, people. Yeah. yeah. And and I would just be like, "You're cool. You want to work?" Like I never looked at a resume in my life. Like I right. like literally would just be like. Oh, you like have good style. You want a job? Like that's how we hired most people. So, you know, it was also super dysfunctional, but I also know a lot, a lot of great people that that was their first jobs. And like, if you think about it as a teenager, your options to go work somewhere are pretty slim. And then it's like, if you're ambitious and you're your style and you're cool and like blah blah blah, this was an environment that like fostered more of those people mm. to interact and have like do things. And I know a ton of people that are like great, you know, photographers, designers, and own companies that both that that was their first jobs. And like I see them now, and I'm just like, oh, that's incredible. Like, you know, it's like that that was like an environment that permitted that it was also a total mess but you know <laughs> yeah, well we don't have to we don't have to talk about uh we don't have to talk about that can you talk a little bit more though about um kind of the that kind of retail experience and, and kind of thinking about creating that environment where people wanted to be associated with that and how you've how you've kind of taken some of those ideas and applied those to these these pop shows and these stage sets because it, they are so clearly related now and are kind of doing similar things like we're talking about. What are some kind of direct ideas that you've taken from from the retail space and moved to to the pop show? Well, I think one working in like, you know, space and dimension versus, you know, you know starting very much like you, uh, which was like doing graphic and typography and then going into clothing which is a little bit more dimensional but not as much and then like working in sort of like uh space space uh, and like so i think that like retail was like super important in, in that and then you know the theatrics of the space it's like the lighting the smell the, the how it circulates the staff that's in there how the staff mm-hmm. is dressed you know who the staff is it could, all that was like so important to me, like just doing, uh, I don't really understand how designers can kind of just like do the one part and like hand it off. Like I just yeah, yeah. feel good about it. And, and I'm always like, okay. And then this is how the space circulates. And like, this is what we should put and like this type of person should be in here. And like, Da, da, da. And like this is how the whole story comes together. And and I think that American Apparel was probably doing club nights and like American Apparel. Actually, it's not true. Everything I've ever done has been this where I'm just like, I'm like design a clothing collection. I'm just like, I have to do the booth. I have to go do the catalog. I have to yeah. be at the photo shoot, get the photographer. Like I, there was no like, letting one thing just happen it was always yeah. like it needed to be kind of like all the way thought through from the inception of like the t-shirt to where you know the the experience of the, 
purchasing and marketing campaign and photography, but it all had to be connected. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I've, I've, I'm the same way in my design practice. I've also written about this a lot and this idea that, you know, if you look at designers in history, they were all doing everything. Um, you know, they were, they were like designing the furniture and the ads for the furniture and, you know, the spaces where, where it was sold and that we now have this kind of increased siloing of the design profession that you are now, you're now not just, I mean, maybe this is where the term creative director, it's almost like a resistance to that. Uh, Cause it's, it's like a way to kind of say that you want to do everything, but you have like the user experience designer, or this is the, the print designer or the, you know, exhibition designer. And that happens in school too. We, we put students through these kind of tracks, like you're going to study, uh, you you get to pick whether you want to be you want to study branding or interaction or motion design, yeah. and then all their classes are around that, um, which almost like it's almost like we're kind of making it harder for younger designers to be able to do all of this that we're talking about. How do you, how is your how's the studio set up? Is it allow for this kind of cross pollination and for designers, um, you know, at, at different levels to be able to work on different parts of the process? It does. I mean, it, it also does have people there specialized, but I like challenging people and throwing them into things that they have no idea about either. Um, <laughs> and, but sort of going back to, to, you know, this sort of idea of, of kind of specializing out of school, or I, I think that, the fascination and the, the sort of like conversation around our, our studio and, and sort of like throwing around the sort of words like multidisciplinary. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny. I think about this as we're kind of going back to something. We're not going, this is not like new to me. Yes. Yeah. This, yeah. This is like world building is what kind of designers and artists are doing and, and have been doing and I think the, the fascination maybe is what the impediment was in the past was probably just like cost you know like yeah like yeah. buying a camera to become a photographer developing film like getting a green like a dark room getting a blah 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 like sets and stuff and like okay and then like you want to do graphics then you got to get a computer and a scanner mm -hmm. and like all this shit is like is super cheap now. You can do all of it with your phone, basically. You know, so so I think that your this idea of the creative director or the multidisciplinary designer is just like feels like new and fresh to everybody. But it's just like kind of we kind of went away from exactly. Exactly. It's like what we used to just call designers. That just was what a designer did. <laughs> they did yeah. all of those things. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Continuing on this theme of multidisciplinary, at the studio, you are working on retail spaces, interiors, identity and branding projects, books, print projects, these live, you know, live shows. I'm curious how those kind of bigger projects where you do have full control, where you're like designing every every facet of it how does that how does that approach happen in something that's like a book design or packaging design are you always trying to work on these projects in a larger context or are you able to kind of create these experiences that you're talking about in 
an album packaging or in a, a kind of printed book? Yeah, I mean, I think I can't really speak for books because that's really Brian's kind of baby, okay. and and I've never designed a book in my life. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay, that's really all Brian's work. Um, we both have done a lot of like album packaging. My, I, I guess for both of us, my approach was always like album packaging photography was the seed to kind of the campaign. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and so this is like the, the first conversation that we're going to have with the public is like, you're going to see a, you know, single cover or, or some photos with press and like, it's going to start there. So, right. so those things need to be like figured out really well up front. And then that leads into kind of full album package, which is now more and more irrelevant. But, you know, we do some physical stuff still because we like, you know, the, the, the idea of kind of like these objects. But, um, and, you know, that leads into kind of like, you know, live performances, music videos, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and so... For me, there's always been kind of a narrative all the way through from kind of like early parts and like sort of art direction, graphic design, all the way to, to you know, uh, directing a show and designing a show. And, and for something like that, how involved, because we were talking about collaboration earlier, how how closely are you working with the artists? You know, not, not like the artists people, but, the, you know, them themselves, are they involved in everything from kind of looking at, ideas for packaging up to the the show as a practice we don't really work with like intermediates here like i think that's just i think that the the whole business of art the whole business of music the whole business of design is uh you know i i think there's a lot of people that that are there to to be helpful and to move things along but i also think that a lot of the 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 vanguardness and the risk taking and the the sort of mm. just like just because it's cool you know yeah just yeah. because yeah. it feels great um, part of it has been uh, removed by those people because they don't right. they you know they need to understand it or needs to make you know economical sense or you know and so if if artists and designers aren't working with artists and designers, you tend to get like this sort of flaccid version of like the <laughs> idea. Um, right. And right. so, and I'd, I'd rather not work than do sort of like the, the diluted thing. So. Yeah. 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 Um, I get that. And I, and I think probably also why the entrepreneurial part of, of my self and my business. And it was just like, if there's no work that interests me, then I'll make the work. Right. You know? Right. Right. Well, speaking of that, that leads into my final two questions perfectly. I'm, I'm curious, what's next? Like, what are you thinking about now? What What do you want to be working on? What other kind of, I, I'm not asking for specific projects, but what kind of ideas are you wanting to kind of put into the world or that's, that's top of mind for you right now? You know, I think that we've been very good at building things for other people for a really long time. And I think that 
that's going to start to um, kind of focus on ourselves. There's a lot of things in different mediums, and and we're we're kind of, you know, me and Brian are noodling around with a bunch of different ideas, um, and you know, there's stuff that's going to start coming out of the studio that's that's self-initiated and and oh, nice. Um, I think that that's one thing. I think that like maybe having a kind of creative practice for the sake of being having a creative practice that makes no sense. That's just is yeah is is kind of an important thing not only for me and not only for brian but for everybody else that works here that you know we're not just like cranking out work to make money and it's a total luxury like we're super fortunate and we we've been really fortunate for a long time yeah uh i think that those like that's kind of directionally where we're going is start to kind of like build the world internally instead of externally um, and kind of focus on, on kind of like the people that we have here and their talents and like how we can kind of generate work yeah. out of here and, and, you know, sort of take the attention away from what we've been doing in the past and, and kind of move into kind of a new realm. That's interesting. That that was going to be my next question, depending on how you answered that, because we started talking about you kind of wanting to see things and putting them into the world and making your own clothes and fashion line and, and all of that sort of thing. And I was curious if and when that was coming back. And so it sounds like that you're thinking about that a lot. Um, my last question, which is the question I used to end all these conversations, I'm just curious what you're reading right now. <laughs> I don't read that much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, it's like a bit shameful. Um, I wish I read more, but I, I'm actually like I play a lot of tennis, so I'm, I've been really reading about like the inner game of tennis, the mind game of tennis. Okay. Brian just handed me a book yesterday that I'm about to jump into, which is uh, is this book called File Under Under Architecture, um, which was a an early like um, what is it MIT uh, press book? I think one of the first MIT press books that he has. He has it more of a, as a collector uh, piece, mm. and I'm like getting into the content of it. So. Uh, no, I I like I like like to read about you know. Uh, it's I'm more like I like to read about the mind and and you know, spirituality and, and things like that, and not so much about art and design. I think art and design is, is, in like, is an emotion. You want to look at not art and design things right. to do art and design. People who look at art and design to do art and design are just going to do old shit. <laughs> That's a, such a great way to end this too. Willow, thank you so much. This was such a, a fun conversation. I'm an admirer of your work and it was nice to hear how you kind of think about all this stuff. So thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. This episode was recorded on March 17th, 2021. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Surface Podcast. You can support the show on Patreon and find previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening. <laughs>